Podcasting from her villain's lair, filled with drag queens, processed sugars, and a fully stocked minibar, bringing you unsolicited advice realness. She's blunt. Girl, you better start charging more. Your kindness is not paying the bills. She's hilarious. Look, I am just one bouquet toss away from pulling an Anna Nicole. She's compassionate. Honey, you have everything you need inside of you to make this happen. Stop giving up on you and give away all of those self-doubts. But the fact still remains. She doesn't even go here! We are going to talk about how the best business coach you have ever had in your life actually came to you when you were very young. Okay? I am talking about Dr. Seuss. There are so many lessons in his stories, but and stay with me because I promise you, you're going to love this one. There are so many lessons in his stories that a couple weeks ago, I was sitting around with my four-year-old and I'm watching this very intently. Like I am watching a TED talk and I'm like, this makes so much sense. This dude is amazing. So I'm going to break this down for you, okay? We are going to talk about the OG, Francis McMonkey McBean. Baby, if that does not sound like a man that is about his money, I do not know what else does. But Francis McMonkey McBean was that dude, okay? This guy could sell water to a well. He could sell the sloppiest, drippiest barbecue ribs to some sweet southern old lady in her white lace gloves. This guy was amazing, okay? So the story starts off with Francis McMonkey McBean is on the beach, all right? And he's got his machine with him. Now, in my mind, I like to think that Francis McMonkey McBean was a straight-up hustler. I like to think that he was just on the beach chilling and then he looks over and he sees you know a group of people and he's like you know what let me make some cash off these fools real quick I'm gonna be right back so not only does he make his money he goes back to his vacation and he extends his vacation because of the money he's just made so the one thing that Francis McMonkey McBean teaches us is to know our market And this is why he was so very successful. Okay, so I'm going to tell you guys a story. So Francis McMonkey McBean, again, is just chilling on the beach, right? And he sees a group of sneeches, okay? He sees a group of sneeches with no stars on their belly. There's two types of sneeches on this island. You've got the star-bellied sneeches, and you got the sneeches with no stars on their belly. The sneeches with no stars on their belly are like super sad. They are lower class because they get to watch the star belly blah, pardon me, the star bellied sneeches be the upper echelon of the society. They get to have all of these great events and do all of these fun things that the sneeches without stars on their bellies are not allowed to go to or participate in even look at think about coming or whatever so he sees the star belly sneeches like just having an amazing time they're having a marshmallow roast 
they're having like they're burning hot dogs on sticks they're having this amazing party and then he sees on the other side of the island like this leeches with no stars on their belly they're sad baby they are like depression bound all they want to do is go to these parties they want to be treated right they want to be rock stars and it's just not happening so he goes to them and he says hey i have something that is going to be amazing for you all right i have this beautiful machine here and it will put a star on your belly and then once you have that star on your belly think about how life is going to change for you you'll be able to go to the frankfurter roast you'll be able to go to the uh, marshmallow toast and all of that baby is it's a whole life to this star bellied sneech thing so the sneeches without stars on their bellies were like hesitant but they really want to do it they were like yeah um i am kind of about that i am ready so they are kind of hesitant but they really want to do it so he's like i tell you what i will let you go in first he's pointing to one he's like i will let you go in first and then i'll give you the second one half off because he's trying to get people through he knows if he can get people through his little machine then he will be set he will be good to go so two people decide to take him up on his offer and they go through the machine and now they have stars on their bellies and it looks just like the star belly sneeches. So now they can go off and they can have this amazing time, join the upper echelon of society and they can leave their basic no star belly life behind. So as he sees more, more people, as more sneeches see this, they're like, yes, I want in. I want to do it. I want to do it. So he's just cranking them out assembly line style. He's like, yes, I am so for it. So all of the star belly sneeches see that their numbers are increasing. Now, keep in mind, they are a very exclusive crew. They just don't let anybody in. So they're like, wait a minute. Where did all of these extra star belly sneeches come from? And the sneeches who just got their new stars are like, yes. Now you have to accept us into your event. You have to let us come and hang with you. You have to let us live in your great areas. You have to let all of us do it. And baby, the star belly sneeches were not about that life. They were like, oh, no, we're not doing it. So what happens next? Here comes Francis McMonkey McBean shouting out to the original star belly sneeches. He's like, hey, guys, you weren't prepared for this were you this is not what your life should be like you guys were this very unique crowd you had your own style you had your own events you had your own little community and then here comes this group of people who are just like infringing in and just taking over and now you don't feel so exclusive so I tell you what I will charge you twenty dollars to take that star off your belly baby if that is not a pimp move right there i don't know what is he charges the ones that have the stars twice as much as he charged the ones without to put them on so of course being arrogant and being exclusive and biased the star belly sneeches are like absolutely let us go through the machine you know we're done take it off so then all of the original star belly sneeches 
are like going through the machine now. So now he's just like, he's tripling his money at this point. It's crazy. So now the new star belly sneeches are sitting around and they're like, wait, this isn't fun anymore. Where, where are all the parties and what's going on? You know, we wanted to be as part of this upper echelon, the upper crust, the cream of the crop society. And now it's not there anymore. So now they don't even want the stars that they felt like they wanted so badly. You know, they're just like a burden. They're an albatross around their necks. They're not something that they want anymore. It's not giving them the lifestyle that they wanted because now what they thought that they wanted no longer exists because the star belly sneeches took their stars off and took their prestige and um, I guess you could say benefits with them. So the new star belly sneeches go to Francis McMonkey McBean and they say, take them off. We're done. We don't want to be these people anymore. We want to be like um, the sneeches without stars on their bellies. So he doubles the price to take their stars off. Okay, so now that he has taken stars off, put stars on, taken them off. So now we have a bunch of just like confused sneeches running around. And now, again, everybody pretty much looks the same. They are acting the same. And they notice that there was truly no difference between any of them. And it's a great lesson, but that lesson cost them a lot of money. Francis McMonkey McBean wiped them out completely. Now, yes, it's a hustler move, kind of sketchy, but here is the point in all of this. The reason why he was so very successful is because he knew his market. He knew his target. So he knew exactly how to appeal to them. He knew how to massage their fears, their biases, their thoughts, their desires, and give them an end product that was completely irresistible. Completely irresistible. So Francis McMonkey McBean, courtesy of Dr. Seuss, is like out in these streets giving TED Talks on how to know your clientele and how to run your business. So let's flip this in response and in regards to your own business. I really, really feel like we need to have a come to Jesus about the difference between your dream client and your target client. God bless you, baby, if they are the same, but it's not like that for everybody, okay? Your target client is going to be the one that's paying your bills. Your dream client is going to be the one that motivates you in getting up every morning and making yourself better and doing what you have to do. You know, as I'm Walking, not walking because baby, ugh, ugh, cardio sucks. But as I go around the country and I speak at these conferences and I talk to so many wedding professionals and they're like, you know, I'm really sick of 
the um the budget brides and I just want to do luxury and you know I really want somebody to appreciate my art and I'm like yeah I get it but here's the deal number one there may be a reason why quote-unquote budget brides are contacting you you might be putting off a budget aura All right, baby, somebody had to tell you, and it's going to be me. I love you. Here's some cake. Cry into this potted plant. Do whatever it is that you have to do. But if you keep getting the same type of client over and over again, it is something in your marketing, in your copy, and in your image that is telling them that they are welcome that they have a home with you, that they have an advocate in you. And let me be 100% real, okay? Because mother does not pay retail for anything. A woman that pays retail will sleep with your man and steal your kids. It's not cute. So I don't feel like budget is a bad word. I've talked about this in some of my webinars too. I have a best friend who does luxury weddings, big destination weddings, And then, but a majority of her profit comes from her quote unquote budget engagements and um, intimate weddings that she produces because she has found a way to curate her image and her style and her process in a way that isn't necessarily watered down, but it is cut to the needs of a budget client or a client that has a certain financial comfort zone. I've told you guys this a hundred times before. Many couples hate the word budget. They don't want to hear that they're a budget couple or that they have a budget. So please start integrating another term for that. It makes them feel like they're unworthy or they're cheap. And honestly, I can't say that I blame them because you know, that's how they're being discussed in, you know, behind the door stuff. So start using terms like financial comfort zone, as opposed to using cheap or cheaper, say something like it's less cost intensive. So that way, again, you are not denigrating or belittling or maligning your client or what they have to spend. I tell my clients all the time, It is immaterial to me whether or not you have $1,000 to spend or $100,000 to spend or even more. Either way, you worked hard for that money and either way, you are deserving of a memorable and loving experience. Now, whether or not I can produce everything that you have in that crazy ass Pinterest board for $1,000, it's looking kind of shaky, but you are worthy and you are deserving of this magical moment, of this intimate moment, of this celebratory moment. And you should get value for every dime that you put into it because money doesn't come easy. I do not have a money tree, so I totally get it. So try to start reframing the phrases that you use when you talk about money, which is already a sensitive subject in wedding planning, especially when we have clients that feel like we're nickel and diming them and we're trying to get you know, every red cent from them. Think of ways where you can actually make it a little bit more palatable. I kind of got off track, so let me get myself back together. So the point that I am trying to make is that you may have this quote-unquote one luxury client 
in a year, but you will have 30 budget brides and the budget brides are the ones that you are denigrating or that you are hating. And it's not their fault. It's something in your marketing. It's something in your collateral, in your copy, in your image that is bringing them to you. And it may be that that one luxury client took a chance on you. Or maybe your price was right and they didn't have to spend as much as they thought they would have to going with someone else. So as opposed to looking down on your budget clients, look for a way to bring your style to their needs. Elevate the issue, okay? But you have to know who your ideal client is. You have to know who your target client is because sometimes they do not exist in your market. I love, love, love everything that Eliana does. LEB events. I'm pretty sure you guys hear me talk about her all the time. Whenever we get together, it is so stupid because I adore her and we take 3,000 pictures together. So I'm sure you guys know how much I love her and you know how on the same page that we are with pretty much everything. This girl makes magic. That's all I can say. Between her and her team with Akeem Clayton, with... um. Lisa and April from Papered Wonders with Lauren from 1023. The magic that they create is absolutely phenomenal. And I can see Eliana go through her creative process at times when, you know, we talk and she's telling me about certain events that she has. If I were ever an event, I would be an LEB event because that's how fabulous they are. I love the lush florals. I love the textured linens. I love all the details on the table. I would do that every single day if I could but that does not exist in my market. It doesn't. I may be able to talk one or two clients into doing something like that, but the rest of my clients are not there. That is not what they are looking for. They are not looking to have what they feel like maybe quote unquote too much. Maybe what is too much? That is just, that is so offensive to me, but whatever. I get it. You know, you like it. I love it. That's the thing. It's not my wedding at the end of the day. It's my art. It's my creativity and it's my talent, but it is not my wedding at the end of the day. So give the people what they want. But I had to understand that after the financial markets changed, a lot of people's thought processes changed in my particular area. And it could be totally different for your market. But in my area, the thought process has changed. We stopped doing the big, 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 big weddings that focused heavy on decor. And we started doing weddings that focused on experience and um, intimacy. And for some, that doesn't include the tall centerpieces that I'm trying to get them to go into. It's family-style dinners around a farm table outside of a villa It is um, fire pits and glammed up Adirondack chairs with Lux s'mores and, and things like that. So you have to find a way to get in there with your target market, with your art. Instead of trying to snatch someone else's image, style, and events from Instagram and Pinterest and bringing them to your area and trying to shove them down the throats of your market, You really need to listen to your market and find out exactly what it is that they want. There is a lovely saying, and I am not even sure if Dr. Seuss said this too, but I do think that it is 
very, it's compelling. And it is also very nuanced to our particular industry. And I, I may not get it verbatim, but the gist of it is that a fish will always think that it is unintelligent if you judge it by its ability to climb a tree. Fish aren't supposed to climb trees. So it's not that they are unsuccessful or they're stupid or they're untalented. They were never meant to climb a tree. You may see certain events on Instagram that are gorgeous and that you would love to do. And baby, I I suggest that you do them. Do them as a shoot if you want to bring them into your area. Bring these details, these styles into something that you can have sole creative control over. So that way you can introduce it into your market. But if you keep looking to appeal to people who are not for you, are not looking for you, and honestly do not want you, or do not want what you are selling to them, it's not that you are a failure, it's that you're a fish trying to climb a tree. So sweetheart, what I need you to do is to go get back in that water, and I need you to be the best swimming fish that there ever was in your pond. All right, let me get off my pulpit. I'm done. (laughs) So let's go back. Again, the reason why Francis McMonkey McBean was so successful was because he knew his market. And that's what I need for you to do. So you have to know who your market is. All right. You have to know what they love. You have to know their ages, what they do, how long they're typically engaged. You have to know where they are getting their inspiration from, where and how they do a lot of their planning, if they're doing it digitally, if they have a binder. You have to know how they communicate as well. Are they email? Are they texters? Are they, you know, phone people? You also have to know where they are. Okay, so I'm pretty sure you guys have heard me say this a thousand times before. I am in a destination wedding market. So I may work with one local client per year. A majority of my clients are coming to me from out of town. And they're coming to me from bigger cities. They're coming to me from... um Areas that have a lot of culture. So they are looking to infuse that culture into the beautiful Southern hospitality that we have here. So you have to know where they are and where they've been so that you can speak their language. And you also have to know what's important to them. Francis McMonkey McBean knew that for the Sneetches that didn't have stars on their bellies, that being part of the the, the upper 1%, the, the elite was something that they wanted. And he took that, he massaged it, and he became the savior. He then turned around and he did the exact opposite by telling the ones that did have stars that, you know, you guys really don't want to be mixed up with this riffraff. You should maintain your status. Let me take those stars off of you. Meanwhile, he's just making money hand over fist. So, When you get to know your market, you have to know what's important to them, not what's important to you. It's not about you. It's never about you. When clients come to you, they are coming to you for your translation of their vision. They're looking for your guidance to their vision. 
they don't know how to go from Pinterest to reality. They don't know the pitfalls of certain designs, of certain event logistics, of even working with certain wedding professionals. So that's why they are coming to you for your guidance and your expertise. That is your vehicle within their wedding planning process and in their wedding planning cycle. So you have to know what's important to them. You have to do an in-depth dossier look profile into your market. Because otherwise, what you're doing is just throwing a bunch of ideas out on the table or out on the wall and seeing what sticks. And that's not what works. If you know how to cater to people and give them exactly what they're looking for, then there will be absolutely no doubt that you are the person that they should be hiring. So here are your takeaways for this week. I want you to start creating a client profile for your future clients so that you can be your very own Francis McMonkey McBean. When you create this profile, I want you to list out a minimum of three things. I want you to list out what your potential client wants, what they need, and what they are afraid of or stressed about. This will help you hone in your marketing message when you speak to them in all of your website copy, your social media captions, and even right down to your proposals. Speaking of proposals, have you heard that I have launched my newest course, Seven Steps to Yes?, Irresistible Proposals for the Modern Day Couple. This course was based off of one of my most popular speaking sessions that I give at huge conferences like Wedding MBA, Love Mexico, and Cater Source. And right now, all of my secrets, tips, and guidance are in an online course just for you, for you to see and for you to work out so that you can create your own irresistible profiles and proposals. You will come up with some of the most amazing ideas. And you might even be like me, where you're landing almost 90% of every couple that contacts you. Use the code seven to get a $50 discount. You can use the link in my Instagram bio. Check me out at... Cocktail Terica on Instagram. I will see you guys next week for another edition of She Doesn't Even Go Here.